just a little bit of an update. I think uh, some of you may already know about this, but uh, uh, our, one of our quarterbacks, Montel Cozard, has got a uh, shoulder sprain. He's going to be out indefinitely. Uh, that'll just depend on uh, how well he progresses over the next few days and the next few weeks. And if he progresses um, at a good rate, then we'll be able to determine how quickly we can get him back. He has a pretty, pretty significant shoulder sprain. So we'll see how he, uh, he reacts to that. Right now he's definitely out this week, and I'm not sure when we can get him back. He, he's, he's, he not, uh, he's not doing very good right now in that area. DeAndre Ford, he's having surgery today. Uh, he tore ligaments in that thumb on that, uh, that one hit that he suffered when we were playing Rutgers, um, and he's getting that fixed this afternoon. So he'll be out for the season. Uh, and then Damani Mosby is another guy that he hyperextended his elbow in the game last week. Uh, we're going to see how he progresses. He actually was at practice yesterday, but uh, he hyperextended that elbow, hyperextended that elbow pretty good yesterday. So uh, he's another guy that uh, is is somewhat doubtful as we, as we move forward right now. Some good news though on the injury front, we are uh, expecting to get Taylor Cox back uh, this week, which is something we're excited about, and I know he's excited, and we're excited for him to get him back on the field. Uh, and then Jeremiah Booker is looking like he's progressing really back on the practice field. It's good to see him out there. Uh, he, it, we're not totally sure whether we're going to be ready to use him this week or not, but it's great to see him back there out there on the practice field. Uh, obviously, with the quarterback situation being what it is, uh, Ryan Willis, our true freshman, uh, he's man, he's excited about getting his first start. He's he's basically lived up here with us, and he's been doing that the entire time, trying to get himself ready. So uh, I can see it in his eye. He's excited about this opportunity, and uh, I think last week just kind of gave him a taste, and I know he's ready to move forward. Uh, with him being a freshman uh, and him not being available to speak to you with the media, I know that makes your job less than ideal. He's got a lot on his plate. I just appreciate your understanding there. But I will say myself and really Rob Likens will give you a great perspective on where he's at with how he's preparing and what his, his progress looks like. So we'll make sure that you get the information you need while he prepares the way he needs to prepare, uh, you know, to get ready for his first start. Uh, our team, our team is in a great place mentally and physically. We're excited about our Big 12 opener right here at home. Uh, our team has, uh, has done a really nice job of rebounding, which is, is something I expected from them, uh, really just from the type of men that they are. Uh, there's going to be competition at all positions this week, just like every week, and it's going to continue like that as long as I'm here. So uh, that will continue. Uh, our staff, you know, has worked uh, diligently this week to help us improve in all areas, special teams, uh, offense and defensively, and uh, they are working diligently to make sure that we are getting better uh, every day, every week, and as we move forward. Uh, obviously, all of our focus right now is on a very good Baylor football team that's coming in here. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us this week, another Big 12 opportunity. Uh, you know, you'll, you guys know a lot about this team because they're covered nationally right now, and they should be. Uh, offensively, they're very explosive. Things that come to mind when I watch these guys is fast, fast, fast. Uh, one of the things that I don't think is talked about enough with this team is how, how good they are up front. Uh, these guys have got a lot of starts under their belt. They're a really good unit up front. Their offensive line does a really nice job. Uh, they run the ball really well. I'm amazed at how balanced they are, passing and throwing. Uh, over 350 yards, you know, in each side. I mean, it's pretty balanced at how they do that. Uh, they do a pretty good job there, a really good job. Uh, defensively, Another area that really doesn't get talked about enough, I think Phil Bennett does as good a job as anybody out there. Uh, he has done a nice job of accumulating players uh, over there. Uh, they, they are really talented up front on that defensive line. Um, 
Andrew Billings, kid right out of Waco there, is as good a defensive tackle as I've seen in a long time. I, I, I like watching that guy play on the on, on the tape. Uh, it's not fun when you know you're going to have to face him because he's one of the best out there. But he, he's a really good player. Sean Oakman gets a lot of press, uh, and he's a really good player, and he, he deserves that as well. They do a good job in the back end. Uh, they're dynamic defensively. I think that's something that's under talk, talked about there. Uh, kicking game, they're very productive, which means they're a well-rounded team. Uh, just, you know, a crazy little side note, there's a punter for him. He's a true freshman. He's from the Rowlett Garland area. Uh, his name's Drew Galitz, and I grew up with his mom and dad, and I remember when Natalie was carrying him uh, when she was pregnant. So that tells you how old I am, how, how old I'm getting. Uh, so it, it's fun to watch Drew kick. I've, I've watched him kind of grow up, but grew up with his mom and dad. So I do know a lot of those kids on that team, including the quarterback, uh, you know, they're, they're all – all those kids in my time recruiting them were, were really good kids, and it's good to see those guys having success. So I know you got a lot of questions, so let's get started from there. Two weeks ago, you said Ryan Willis was a long ways away from being a starter. I guess, is he, is he ready for this? I, guess the, I didn't say he was a long ways away. I said he, uh, he clear, clearly was behind the other two. Clearly was behind the other two. But I also said that we're working diligently to get him caught up. And that's why we continued to work him. That's why he continued to get snaps. That's why he has continued to progress. Uh, would you expect Baylor facing an inexperienced quarterback to really go after him? I mean, bring the house and what can you do to counteract that? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's something that always is in your mind, for sure. Uh, I know that that's something that, that uh, comes to my mind when I'm facing an inexperienced quarterback. So, yes, and when you, when you know that going in, you prepare for those things. Uh, you know, you prepare for man coverage. You pre prepare for blitz looks. You prepare him uh, to see all of the things that you think he's going to see and try to limit the amount that he has to diagnose and try to help him by putting him in maybe formations that he can see a little bit better out of. Uh, I think that's going to be the big deal for us is keeping that – keeping that menu limited to what he does well, really looking at his strengths and seeing what he does well because when you're a young guy, you don't have a lot of experience, you know, you can't throw a lot on him and expect him to be great at all of it. We've got to find a few things that he can really do well and, and let, him, let him exercise those things on, on the playing field out there. He made a couple of throws downfield, really accurate throws downfield that you don't see a lot of guys make. Would that be enough to make a team already think twice about it? I think it can. You know, it really can. I think the things that uh, that I really think I've said quite a few times from the from fall camp was how talented this guy is with his arm. I mean, I think that that's pretty evident. I think most of us can see that. Man, he he does have a talent. I mean, he got out of a he got out of a uh, a play the other day and found Kent Taylor. I'm not sure our other guys could have done that. <laughs> he found a way to get that ball, and he's just so strong. I mean, he just flicked it out there. And got it out there to Kent Taylor. That was a, a, an impressive play. He also made a really nice throw. I mean, he dropped a dime on Sims right down the middle of the field. I mean, that ball couldn't have been put anywhere else. And he's an, he is an accurate guy. I think the big thing is just getting him familiar with structure and understanding what he's seeing and how to move the parts around. So he's not just looking for an open guy. He's anticipating where the open guy is based on structure and how it moves. And David said he was here all week. Or I guess, what have you seen from him well, I mean, the thing I've seen on him from the first time that he went in the game after we put him in the third series, we put him in on the third series for a reason, to prepare him for when that time came for him. So that actually paid dividends. But 
he came off with a smile on his face and he had just gotten whacked pretty good. And, you know, the words that he said was, it was, it was a little bit comical. He said, Coach, he just knocked the dog out of me. I'm ready to go. So, you know, sometimes that helps a quarterback when you get your pads set a little bit and then you get ready to go from there. And it was, it was a little bit humorous at the time, but it actually kind of made me feel comfortable knowing that he wasn't going to back down from that. It kind of made him feel like he was in the game. So uh, we've seen him, you know, with a smile on his face, walking around here. Man, he's excited. I think that's the thing that I'm most encouraged about with him is, man, he is really excited about this opportunity. He has no shortage of confidence, and, uh, man, that's something that you can't give them. They either have it or they don't. Yeah, I don't know that I could have imagined it, um, but I will say this. I'm a worst-case scenario guy, and our coaches, man, they, are, they have to put up with so much with me, but I make them train as deep as we have people because you just never know. I train for the uh, – I prepare for the rainy day. I pre prepare for the worst-case scenario just in case it happens. I believe that when you get there, it's too late. It's too late. So we've been preparing these guys, and a lot of you come to practice, and some of you have been there through all the open practices. I mean, we, we run two fields, and we've done that throughout the season. I don't know anybody that does that. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do. I'm just saying that we've been preparing for this day, not only for him, but for T.J. Millward and Keaton Perry, who might be in the game here in a moment's notice. So being able to give those guys real-world application by practicing and not just doing it in fall camp, i got to believe that that could help us moving forward with being a little bit more prepared for when that situation does arise, if it does. Yeah, and with T.J., obviously he's a veteran. He's kind of taking a leadership role, even though he doesn't play a ton. Uh, is that a comfort, even though you're down this far on the quarterback depth chart, to, to have a guy like that right there behind a young kid like Ryan? Matt, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's it's funny that it's. I say it's funny. It's not. I mean, it's it's good to hear you say that. It you can see that. TJ is as big a leader as we got on our football team, and he holds for us. But man, he he knows this offense as good as anybody. From a talent perspective, he may be just a little bit below the rest of those guys, but he's been preparing for this moment as well, and he's going to compete. Same thing with, with Keaton Perry. Keaton Perry understands our offense as good as any guy we have, which gives him an advantage. Now, he's got to catch up body-wise, but, you know, if he gets in there, he understands it pretty well. He might understand it better than most. Uh, he just got to get the, the physical part to come with it. But TJ definitely gives you some comfort because he's got a lot of experience. He's kind of the old man in the room. We're going to try to keep that shirt on Carter. Now, hey, Maryland two years ago, I think they had to move a linebacker over. You know, you just don't, you just don't know. Um, I tell you what, number 75 they got, uh, I just hope he doesn't hit me because that dude could hurt a bunch of folks. <laughs> he is a good football player. You just don't know. I mean, you just don't know. Mark, Mark Montel, when he got hit the other day, uh, I mean, literally everything looked fine until you watch it on the tape and you see how he just got caught in an odd angle and he got driven in the ground and there was no doubt he was hurt once I saw the tape, you know. Last time you were here, was the last time a quarterback made it all the way through the season. Uh, is that, is there just some bad luck in that position or kind of what's going on with all of the turnover at that position this season? Well, I, you know, I think when you're when you're building a program or you're trying to get a program uh, back to 
the level that it, that it once was at. Uh, I think you're always searching to try to get better. You're trying to create competition in all areas. And I think some of it has to do with that. In our particular instance, it really has to do with, with injury, but still a little bit of that competition. I mean, you know, we were still making those DeAndre and Montel compete. You know, even though Montel was sick that day, there was a lot of competition going on that week. So that competition is, is something that we're going to continue to cultivate. And we got to find the person that can – can direct this thing down down the down the road for us and be the leader for us, like that guy on the back of that wall over there did. You know, and and you know what, y'all, that's uh, easier said than done. The teams that have that guy, they're pretty dang good. The ones that don't, you know, they're working to try to find that guy or develop that guy. Yeah, do, do you think that that's kind of one area that's been hampered, I guess, by the, the coaching turnover and what's happened here over the last five six years? Because Art was talking yesterday about how, you know, he's had guys one after the next down there and. It, Guys want to play in this offense, and, and they'd like to see what guys do before them, and they want to come do that too. So they've had sort of the opposite, the, the model of consistency, one guy after the next, and right. been different here. Is that, is that a product of that, you think, just not being able to kind of put in roots with the, with the program and, and what you want to do? Um, well, I will say this, that uh, there's a lot of good football coaches out there. Sure. And those men that have been here before us, they were good football coaches. Uh, so they know what they're doing too. I think the thing that uh, if it if it does relate, it's because the the identity of what they're doing offensively, when it doesn't remain the same, it's hard for guys to understand what they're moving into. And you, you know, I think that's where Art and them have benefited. They've been there for several years now, and that system has has kind of created its identity. And a quarterback kind of knows what he's getting into when he goes there. Sure. Is that? I mean, Seth's obviously a product of that. I mean, he's just been the next guy in line for them. Do you think when you were recruiting him, though, that you could see him becoming this? I mean, even at a different place, uh, is that why you guys offered him? He, he said that you were one of the first guys in all of football to get in on him and recruit him. Right. You know, the I could absolutely see that. And I think the thing that people don't know about Seth is that dude can run. He can run. He he was a 4-5 guy in high school, and he's a big dude. He's a really big guy. He. You know, he's from my hometown. He's from Garland, Texas, and his mom and dad grew up right behind Central Park in just a very modest home. I've been in that house. I mean, he is a blue-collar, hard-working dude, and I've always seen those guys work out. Blue-collar, hard-working, humble guys, they just seem to work out for the most part, and particularly at that quarterback position. He has a humility about him, and... You know, it's not my job to talk about Seth, but if you met his mom and dad, you know why he is who he is. He's a great kid, great faith foundation, and he just keeps working. But like you said, man, Art and those guys, I mean, you got to take your hat off to him. you got to recognize excellence when you see it. I mean, the next guy has come up, and he has continued to produce. And most of the time, it's elevated. Well, I think, you know, I hear people talk about systems all the time, uh, you know, the, the air raid and, and, and Art and M system and Tony Franklin system. Well, the truth of the matter is every system is a system. <laughs> Everybody is a system quarterback, to be honest with you. Uh, some people want to make it more of an NFL-style system. They're, I mean, it's all systems. It's all how you read and what you, you know, what your progressions are and how you're trying to move pieces around. To me, the, I think the biggest thing that they do that is really unique is their, their splits, how they spread the field. I mean, if you, when you get the perspective from the media, if, you, if you're able to set up in there and you watch them from the top down, 
that field is spread so far that there's major creases and defenders are a long ways away from each other and people are a long ways away from each other, thus creating natural space. And when you get fast players in space, that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to get our best players in space. Well, they're lined up out there already. And if you miss a tackle, they're gone. I mean, because they, they've, got, they've been able to amass the – the type of speed that helps them be successful. I think, and they, they've continued to run the same stuff. I mean, they, they're cutting edge. They'll have something new that will be something you'll go, wow, that was pretty slick. I, I don't think I would have ever thought about that. I mean, they ran a little bubble swing when Kendall was playing back at Houston, and then he ran the option after he catched the caught the bubble. I'd never seen that. I was like, man, that, that's how do you defend that? How do you catch a bubble and then pitch off the corner? They don't have enough guys. And they could execute that. I haven't seen anybody run that since, and I haven't seen them run it since. I hope they don't start it this weekend. We'll prepare for it. They do some good stuff. Willis, uh, he committed to the previous staff, and then there's a coaching change. He's got to reevaluate the new staff, and the new staff has to reevaluate him. Uh, what did you guys do to see whether he was a guy who you wanted to honor? Right. Well, I think the number one thing was he was already a Jayhawk. That was first and foremost. And then we then we went and evaluated him. And once you see him throw, you're like, dude's pretty impressive with his arm. There's no doubt about that. Um, you didn't see him run and move a lot, though. So in this league, you know, being a dual threat guy sometimes helps you a little bit. So that was something I wasn't quite sure on, uh, whether he was going to be able to move around good enough to extend plays. Um, but you know, the thing I was most impressed with him was every time I talked to him was his confidence, how he would talk about how, Coach, um, you can go get another quarterback. That's okay. I'm going to prove to you that I'm the guy. And he loves being a Jayhawk. I, that's one of the other things I love about Ryan is he loves Kansas. He loves being a Jayhawk, which is what helps us right now because I think we got a bunch of guys that love being a KU. How much is Taylor Cox salivating? Quite a bit. <laughs> you hadn't played in a long time. I mean, you're talking about feeling sorry for a guy. I mean, that guy has had a hard go at it. And, and he's, he's a really highly respected kid on our team. Uh, those guys really appreciate him and his work ethic and what he's been through. So, man, obviously we're really excited for him that he's going to get back on the field. And I think he just cherishes one play at a time, to be honest with you. I was watching him yesterday work out, and we were running him down on kickoff a little bit, and he was breathing heavy. And I was like, man, you're not used to doing this. He goes, no, coach, but you can run me 50 times. I'm ready to go. You know, he's excited about doing it. So, What type of impact are you expecting from him again? Well, I think he'll make a little bit bigger impact than maybe what people will see on the surface just because of his leadership. I think, you know, he's a guy that those guys respect. I think that that will help us a bunch in regard to that with his leadership because we're going to continue to need that as we grow forward because we've got a, we've got a lot of young guys on this team and a lot of them are playing. In these types of games, you know, you talk a lot about not changing your identity, being who you are, and just sticking with, with what you guys want to do. In these types of games, though, do you decide to take more chances or, or be more aggressive in this area or that area just because number three team in the country and, and you know, if you just line up and play them, odds are they're going to beat you. But if not, maybe you can steal something here or there by taking chances a little more. Do you think like that or not? Um, you know, the way that, that – that we look at that is that we are going to always look at structure and see where we have advantages. And uh, if we've got some advantages, we'll definitely take take advantage of those. You know, those. The, but these guys they line up good. Um, you know, there's 
they get a good pass rush on you, so sometimes it makes it difficult for you to hold that ball back there for a long time. So you got to be smart about how you plan for it. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those deals that we're, we won't venture far from who we are identity-wise, but we will be smart as a staff and see what gives us the best chance to win the game. Yeah, I guess I mean more with, you know, going for fourth downs or fake field goals or fake punts or those types of things, the, the really wacky things that, that maybe they're not going to be able to line up and prepare for just because who sees it coming from that right. You know, we had a couple things last week that we wanted to use. They just never showed themselves. Yeah. Um, we are going to continue to try to have an aggressive mindset when it comes to going after people with things that can change momentum and turn momentum. Uh, so, And I think our team wants that. They want to see that confidence from us, and we, we certainly want to see them go out there and execute those things that we've put a lot of time into that we think can help us steal a possession. Coach, uh, Mondell was thrown into that starting role real early in his career. Do you think that helps because with Willis being in the same position that he's got that experience of being kind of thrown out there, do you think that's going to play any factor with how he helps Willis prepare for this game and taking over the offense for the time being? Yeah, I think it will. Uh, it's already has. Just watching Montel talk and visit with him has been good to see, and it's something that, I, quite honestly, we expected. From the, if you know Montel, Cozart at all, you expect that. What a great guy. Great kid, great guy, great teammate. So he's been really good in that regard, and I think, you know, this opportunity is something that I think it just it, it continues to be maybe a blessing in disguise that comes forward for us to be able to evaluate him that maybe he may not have gotten that opportunity. He may have, he may not have. But now we get to see, you know. So as a staff, we continue to look. We look at the bright side of situations that some people don't look at, you know. And I think it's something moving forward that our team, you know, they're, they're comfortable with that because they know we continue to move forward and find that positive look at, at, at all the things that we see coming at us. you think it's possible that Baylor is so balanced and so talented and deep that you don't have a single player on your roster who could have earned a starting position there? Oh, man, they're pretty good. They got some good players. And, and you know, the thing that might be unfair for me to say yes to that for is because our guys are – we're so young. They have a lot of older guys playing for them that have been playing a lot of football. Uh, I think that as I look at them, one of the things that makes them as good a team as I think they are this year, and I do, I think they're a really good football team is their experience. You know, the, the quarterback's new, but he played a lot last year because they blew a lot of people out. He got a lot, I mean, he lettered last year from the backup position. Most of their quarterbacks have over the past. So, but the rest of them, man, there's a lot of football, a lot of snaps under those guys. And I think that might be one thing that sticks out a lot with those guys in regard to the answer to your question. But you know what? Uh, we got to keep we got to keep working and keep earning. And I think some of our guys got a chance to develop too. You know, the more experience they get, uh, I think the better they're going to get. Let's take two more questions. Hey, David, looking through the notes, you guys have the second most first-time players throughout the country and the second most first-time starters throughout the country. How is that going to help? Can that help you down the road with these guys, these young guys getting that experience? Uh, absolutely. There's no doubt. I mean, the thing about it is when you, when you have a situation that maybe we're in right now, which is – a lot of young guys getting to play. And we talked about that, you know, way back in spring ball, way back in fall camp, that there's going to be opportunity for young guys to get on the field here. Uh, sometimes, you know, the, the progress doesn't happen as fast with the win and loss column as you'd like it to. However, I've seen a lot of those situations turn pretty good in the future for those teams because you give them something they can't, that you can't give them, which is experience. They're, they're gaining so much valuable experience. Just watching Tyrone Miller play from that first game, 
to now. Now, I'm not saying he's, he's playing unbelievably, but I tell you what, he's improved so much. And a lot of it, he's just more comfortable. Just watching the way he goes around about his business and looking at his eyes on the sideline now after playing four games, I mean, he's come a million miles. And really, I think you, you kind of attribute that more than anything to experience. And he's not the only one. There's a lot of young guys out there playing. You know, there's a lot of young guys playing. And literally, I mean, I can't remember the number, but there's – there were, I think we had three guys that were considered maybe returning starters coming back last year. So that means that we had a significant other amount of players that have never started, and most of them had never played. So we're getting a lot of experience right now. Do you remember the first time you met Art Browns and, and what it was like? I mean, he was a, a legend, wasn't he? I, absolutely. I mean, just I think the the thing that I that I'll always remember about meeting him is just his his humble approach. I mean, he was always a real humble hat in his hand type of guy when I met him and soft-spoken, not a, you know, he just very, I mean, kind of what I've always seen is what, what he's always been like. You know, he's was been he very, coach oh yeah, yeah. Stephenville, number of state championships. They played right before us when, when I was at Garland High School and won the title in 99 with the Joe Martin. They had played right before us and won the state championship. And uh, man, he's, he was phenomenal at Stephenville. I mean, those guys had such a run there. It was ridiculous how well they did. You know, and they went over to Texas Tech, and then he went to Houston, and the rest was history. I've had to match up against with him a lot. <laughs> Every place I've been. Good coach. Thanks a lot, y'all. Y'all have a good one.